Hey y'all, Frog here. I am the GM for Dicebenders D&D, and I wanted to say welcome to our show. Thank you for giving us a listen. Uh, I'm recording this about a year, almost two, after this episode aired, uh, just to give you guys a couple pointers. Number one, audio quality does get better as time progresses. Uh, we get pretty good at it. It started off as more of a side project that became something big when a lot of people tend to uh, seem to have liked our show. Uh, number two, Book one seems to be pretty long. Uh, what is it? Uh, like 40 episodes. Uh, but I wanted to break it down for you a little bit. Let explain it to you. During production of Dice Benders in the early days, we based our class models, you know, for the players to play off of this uh, D&D wiki site that I found that had homebrewed avatar classes. Uh, I didn't like them too much, but it, at least it was a basis. From there, we actually went and constructed whole new classes for these to play, which you can actually play now if you join into our Discord, We Roll Dice. Arc 1 is more of the introduction into the players a little bit, introduction into the world a little bit, what's happened in the last 50 years between The Legend of Korra and today as well as the progression of how these classes were made. So if you want to hear bits of history, go ahead and listen to the first few episodes. Uh, in the Baylong arc, second arc is where things really get kicking off. You start to get an introduction into the story, more into the characters. There's a bit deeper of a dive in a good number of the characters into arc two. Uh, and that takes place in Republic City. One final thing that I want to mention is uh, we are very pro-LGBTQ plus here. We are very pro-racial equality here, uh, very pro-pronouns. We try to make this a safe place for anybody. Be good to people, people. I don't know where I've heard that before, but I live by that. And, you know, so do we here at Dice Benders. Anyway, not taking up more of your time. Here is the first episode to Dice Benders D&D, book one, search. And enjoy. Fire. Air. Water. Earth. Long ago, Avatar Korra visited the glorious Republican city founded by Fire Lord Zuko and Avatar Aang after the events of the Hundred Year War. There, she accomplished a lot for the world, opening portals into the spirit world, thus fusing the two together to hopefully unite them both in harmony. She helped stop the oppression from the Northern Water Tribe to the south, and freed the Earth Kingdom from tyrannical rule against an unjust and forceful queen. Through all this, she not just created peace for the nations, but a state of balance for all. For the next 40 years, she helped the White Lotus Society in forming schools around the world, with hopes to open one in each nation. These schools acted as not just a place for keeping knowledge, but also as training grounds for new members of the White Lotus to assist the Avatar in being peacekeepers of the world, as well as give the Avatar a safe haven to study and grow. Now, eight years have passed since the Avatar's untimely end. Having failed in opening schools in three major nations without help from Korra, remaining unaware of what caused her death, and being unsuccessful in stopping the assassination of the Earth King, the White Lotus Society has slowly lost its grip on the world. With fear that the Avatar line may have ended those eight years ago, and with withering hope for the White Lotus to continue holding peace, the search for the next Avatar hastily 
begins. Your journey begins southeast of Omashu, in the United Provinces of the Earth Nation, a nation formed after the collapse of the Earth Kingdom Empire. Just off the slopes of the Omashu Mountains lays one of the schools built to honor Avatar Korra's wishes. Here we see a student and her teacher in the midst of training as they anxiously await new arrivals coming from other schools. Otaro. Hi. Have you... Hello. We have you training in front of your teacher. You having ducked under a large bushel of rocks that he has lunged towards you. He looks a little ashamed, and then he says, Taro, I, mean, I thought I already told you you've got to try to use that metal in front of you to bend and block the rocks that I'm shooting your way. You can't keep dodging and trying to block with stuff that you already know. And he raises uh, his hands again to shoot some more rocks at you. And he goes, focus hard on this metal and try to use it to block what's coming towards you, okay? I'll try. He slams his foot down into the ground. A bunch of rocks come up and he shoots them towards you. He is trying to get you to use a metal bending technique called metal block is a technique that you do not have. This is you in training for a technique that you are trying to master. What I will need you to do is roll me a d20 and add your bending modifier to it. I need you to roll this at disadvantage because this is a technique that you do not know. Okay. Um, Four plus five. Nine. nine. Yes. All right. You shakily try to push this metal up with your bending. You being one of the only metal benders that you've ever met, uh, uh, Torque being the other one, your bending teacher. Uh, You are unfamiliar with this technique and even more unfamiliar with how to bend metal. This is something that you can do, but you have not mastered. You try to bend this metal, it wobbles and shakes at your feet have focused hard on it, but eventually, you feel the rocks hit you dead on in the chest, and you get knocked down on the ground. God damn it. Taro, come on now. I thought you would have been a good student. You know, I'm I'm not really trying to hurt you here. I know you're not. I, I don't know. This just is not clicking, I guess. Alright, you think you got one more shot in you? I guess I'll try. Okay, and he gives you a big ol' smirk, a very classic torque smirk. Uh, Raises his hands up and fires another blast of rocks at you. I need you to try to roll this again. With disadvantage? Correct. (laughs) Two plus five. Jeez. It's pretty much the exact same thing, only seems to be more exhausting. Uh, trying to do techniques that you've yet to master takes a lot out of you. And you're feeling that right now as you get another bludgeoning of rocks as you crumble down to the ground. I'm going to stomp on the ground, frustrated. Work just sighs. He goes, well, at least you tried. I'll give you that. You got it to, sh- you got the, the metal to kind of 
shake a little. I don't know if that was me slamming my foot down or you actually doing something, but... It was probably you. <laughs> probably, probably. And you see this very sly smile on his face. She's gonna roll her eyes. <laughs> As you guys are talking about this, you see Z running up to him. Uh, whispers into his ear, and he, he nods and smiles, and he looks at you, and he goes... Alright, Taro, it sounds like the uh, the newcomers are here. You you can either continue to try to train and get your, your ass beat by some rocks, or you can you can come with me. Uh, you know, the second option sounds pretty good. I'll go with that. He smiles and chuckles a bit and says, Yeah, I, I, I thought you would. But as you guys are talking, you hear... What's up, Master Tort? And, uh, bows his head, Master. It's, uh... An honor to be here. Uh, absolutely it is. I'm glad that you're here. And he, he gives you a very hard pat on the back. And um, you look at this man, and he seems like a fairly tall man, though not as tall as Go. Uh, he is slightly taller than his student, though. This man, you can tell, is a very proud earthbender. He is decorated from head to toe in all kinds of different earthbender things. He's got braces on his wrists that are made out of metal, and you see no other type of weapons from him or any other kinds of added stuff. One thing that you notice on his hand is a tattoo of the White Lotus. It is the same image that Taro you see on those sash that is tied around her neck. Hmm. Orc is a very easy-on-the-eyes-looking guy that has a big smirk, uh, very hard, noticeable cheekbones, just overall a healthy, charismatic individual. Orc looks down at Taro and goes, All right, Taro, um, we've got these guests here. Do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I, I'm Taro, and she's going to bow toward them. It's a pleasure to meet both of you. I bow back and say pleasure as well. Do you want to uh, describe what you look like, Oh, yeah. I guess I could do that. No one knows what I look like. Um, yeah, so... Ooh, hello. I was going to say Saro. Taro is six feet tall. Um, she has half her head shaved. It is um, like a dark auburn color. Um, she's wearing glasses, her skin's pretty tan, um, she's wearing pretty standard earthbender clothes. Um, yeah, that's it. <laughs> okay. Four of you are standing together, um, just exchanging glances and looks. Uh, Go and Tork are making some small talk, then Tork suddenly opens his eyes a little wide and goes, Oh, that's that's right, there's uh, there's more than just you guys. <laughs> and scratches his head a little bit. And he goes, Excuse me, Go, um, if you don't mind, just stay in the courtyard. We've got a couple people that'll take care of your bison for you. Um, looks down at Taro and he goes, Are you ready to, to meet more people? They're coming in from the docks. Ooh, the docks. Let's go. He just gives you a very confused smile, the way you said that, and he just kind of walks off towards the docks. 
I'm gonna wave back toward the airbenders as we go that way. I go chill with Iro. Okay, and uh, for listeners, Iro is Yang's sky bison. Um, so Torque and Taro make their way down to the docks. So they are walking the opposite direction from where they were standing. They are now walking uh, west. Going down some small steps towards the docks, and you, uh, Taro, you see two ships, different ships. One you can see is from the Fire Nation that has the Fire Nation flag flying high above with the white lotus flag just under that. You also see a Water Tribe ship, definitely smaller, um, but you still also see two different flags, one that is a South Pole flag and another that is the White Lotus. You notice those ships for a moment, but then your concentration off of those ships is broken when you see two what appears to be firebenders standing in front of you. You look over at one and you see is a much older man, definitely the shortest one out of all four of you standing here. Punched over, white hair, you see he has a white lotus sash tied around his waistband, and he is decorated in what seems to be some kind of fire sage clothing, stuff that you've only seen in the pictures and stuff, the library of the white lotus school. One thing that you notice for sure is that he has this very large scar stretching from the top of his hairline down to his jawbone, blinding his eye. Looks like it was a, a knife cut or some other kind of blade that slashed his face and blinded him in that eye. John, um, you see Torque walks up, gives a very Torque-like smile. He goes, Welcome, Master Shang. It's been, uh, it's been a while since I've seen you. What, a, what have you been up to? This man just looks very unentertained by Torque's smile. And he goes... Well, the last time I was here, inside the United Provinces, I was doing your job, Tomashu. It's a hush between these two teachers. Bell Torque finally goes, Well, uh, thanks, I appreciate that. Shang does not respond. Torque goes, Well, Master Shang, it is a uh, pleasure having you here at the school, and I take it this is the student that you brought over from your school. Shang just nods and looks over, looks up at his student. He goes, You are free to speak. Alright, so I guess I'm just going to describe how I look first. I'm six foot, got a bunch of scars on me, black hair, gray eyes, and 180 pounds of man meat. <laughs> and I just, uh, I look at uh, the earth teacher there and back at Shang and I say to him, Who's the pretty boy? Shang <laughs> just, without looking at Torque, he's still looking at you. He just goes, This is the. He calls himself the Dean. The Dean, huh? Yes. Hello, Dean. I'm Jaeger. Uh, hello, Jaeger. Uh, wow, for some reason hearing your name just makes me thirsty. <laughs> I get that a lot. 
Oh, I'm I'm sure you do, kid. I'm sure you do. And uh, Taro, we already heard you describe yourself, but is there anything that you want to say to these two? Uh, I'm gonna bow and say it's an honor to meet both of you. What's your name? Oh yeah, hi, I'm Taro. Like the root. Hi. Shang just looks at you, Taro, and then looks at Torque and goes, This is the student that I've been hearing about. Uh, yeah. Yeah, she's, um, she's alright. She's, she's okay, I guess. And he gives a smile as he says that. Looks at you. I'm gonna Bro. punch him. Hello? I, I kinda caught that. Yeah, I kinda caught that too. Like, I heard a, a second of it. He said Man. you were gonna punch him in the, and then like it went out, and I just assumed the worst. I said, punch. I said I was gonna punch him in the shoulder and go just okay. Oh, I thought it would be worse than that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> we all thought the same thing. Oh my god. See, um, when Taro punches Torque, he is completely unfazed by the fist, and he just continues to give you this big smile, and he's like, yeah, you know, you still haven't, um, still haven't earned, still haven't earned all right yet. You're still just okay. Then he finally looks back over at the two, uh, tells Shang and you, Jaeger, to meet him at, um, the courtyard. He has to greet a couple more people. The two of them head off. He walks further down, and he sees, uh, and Taro, you see, as you guys walk up to the Water Tribe ship, you still see, uh, two sets of people. You see, uh, a young man and a woman, and then you see two men, uh, one young man and one older. Uh, they seem to be acting separately of each other, so you can easily deduce that as you've seen already with two other sets of people, these are two sets of students and teachers. Mm. Uh, one set comes down, they greet each other. Uh, you kind of seem unimpressed with either of these two. It went by unusually quick, where Taro kind of just, or I mean, I'm sorry, wow, where Torque <laughs> just kind of told them to meet him at the courtyard. Then another set comes off, the woman and the young man. Um, they walk up, and Vana and Torque exchange glances, and then exchange hugs. And Torque goes, Vana, it has been far too long. Is it true what I heard that you uh, stepped down from being the dean of the of the school down in down south? She goes, uh, Yeah, well, um, yeah, it is. I just thought it was better for me to uh, start teaching again. I, I kind of missed the training of students and such and such. He goes, ah, oh, well, you know, you could have always stayed the dean and taught some kids too. You know, I did the same thing with this this one. He kind of just gestures to you, uh, Taro. I'm gonna finger gun. She goes, huh, well, we're not all Torque, Torque. He just smiles at that and says, that's, that's very true. Uh, Taro, as those two are talking, you get a good look at this woman, uh, who he said the name, Anna. You see this, uh, pretty average height woman with long water tribe robes. She has long brown hair, 
beautiful brown eyes, but her hair is held back by what looks like the white lotus sash. This seems to be a common thing with all of the teachers that you've been seeing come in. Um, and something that you've noticed in the school that you've been at for a few years, that the teachers and members of the white lotus all have white lotus sashes. It seems that she wears hers to hold up her hair. As they exchange pleasantries, uh, Torque finally goes, and uh, this is the student that that you decided to take in, huh? And she goes, uh, yeah, yeah. And she just looks over at you, uh, Kevin, and says, Ed, and this, introduce yourself. This is the dean of the school. His name is Torque, and uh, we will meet this lovely lady shortly, I guess. Hi, my name is Kevin. Uh, Kevin is six foot tall, uh, slight bill, a hundred and eighty pounds, brown skin, blue eyes, black, jack black, short hair, and because uh, he was so used to being a southern tribe, normally he'd have his fur, but he removed those fur at the moment we got closer to the school. Uh, so he just wearing like a uh, kind of look like soccer without his without his uh, full fur coat and fur pants and thing like that. Okay. Um. So you you introduce yourself, right? Yeah, my name is Kevin. I uh, introduce myself to the dean. It's it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Dean Torque. Oh, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, student Kevin. And he just gives you a very <laughs> sly smile. He goes, this is, uh, this is student Taro, uh, and he just looks over at you, Taro, and just kind of assumes that you'll get yourself a bit to, to him, which you do. Uh, you two uh, exchange greetings. Everybody makes their way up to the courtyard, the place that you were training at uh, at the beginning of this session. Speaking of sessions, I think it's a good moment right here to take a step away from the one that we're doing right now to put in a little bit of an advertisement um, or a quick shout out. The person that you heard in the intro monologue to this episode was none other than Don Bewley, who is the GM for the Hexgrid Heroes podcast, a podcast that you can follow on any of your main social media platforms. Hexcrude Heroes is a homebrew Starfinder actual play podcast set in the official Paizo setting. Science fantasy with fun homebrew elements. The current campaign sees an android paladin teaming up with a four-armed radio DJ and a cat-like alien space smuggler as they explore a world ran by dragons, but infested with undead. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Eventually, you guys also make your way up there. Taro, you see within this courtyard, and let's describe the school, actually, uh, before we get any further so that everyone can have a mental picture. The Ada Province's White Lotus School is basically one giant square, where the building itself just seems like a big square wall. It is, in fact buildings it had uh, a building it has rooms inside doors uh and the like on the western side 
of the building extends out into the waters so that there is a dock that is still protected by the school walls. The center of the school is this giant open courtyard. This is where a lot of the main training for bending happens, which is um, something that Aang, you saw with Taro and Torque as you were flying in. You see on the walls there is a blend of the United Provinces symbol, which is basically the Earth Kingdom symbol, but the colors have been reversed where the green is gold in the Earth Kingdom. You see it is gold is green. Uh, you also see decorated white lotus petals strewn across the walls as well. You see windows that are in that are within the courtyard, so people are looking out and seeing this. You're able to kind of peek inside each one of these rooms. Some rooms along these large walls seem to be classrooms. Some seem to be just regular living rooms. Uh, you see, as you guys were coming up, this building is two stories tall. Uh, so there was an opening for you guys to come in from those that came in from the docks. Uh, there's a divide on the first floor, uh, so that you kind of have an arc between the first and the second floor as you're walking in. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else you guys would need at the moment. Uh, did that give a pretty good, clear um, view of what this place looks like? I think so, yeah. Okay. Everybody makes their way up. Uh, Taro, you see that all the students are in a line. Uh, not just the people that you have met, also a couple other students that are from your school already. Um, so a grand total of eight once you include yourself and you stand the side of uh, Kevin. Look ahead of you guys and about 15 feet away, you see all of your students, all of the teachers are standing there. You also see Z, um, which to describe Z, she is a woman that's uh, fairly young. She's older than you guys, um, but not as old as everybody else that you see standing in front of you. She is wearing a mix of Water Tribe clothing and Earth Nation clothing. Uh, she also has black hair, cut short, and golden eyes. Uh, she has a white lotus sash, but she has that tied around her thigh. And she is standing next to Torque. She seems to be for the other three, for Kevin, Jaeger, and Yang, she kind of seems to be secretary of sorts. She seems to have everything that Ork needs. Uh, she's holding all this stuff. Um, and she seems to be the one that is running around and giving Torque information, uh, receiving information from him, doing all the sorts of stuff that you would see a secretary do. And finally, everybody is standing there. Torque steps up, looks at every student here, and for you four, other students are in this line, because I'm sure everyone starts to glance at each other and starts to get an idea for who's around you guys. See one person that seems to be wearing very loose, baggy clothing, this young female. You see one that, you see a young male, a little older than some of you, though has two scimitars, one on each side. You see one that seems to be... And you know this, being an airbender, you just get this air about this woman, that she is an airbender, 
there's something that's very familiar, uh, very similar between the two of you. One, she is wearing what seems to be just straight up Earth Nation clothing. Two, she also doesn't have arrows. She does have a head of hair, but she doesn't have arrows. You see this fourth person, which Kevin, this is someone that you uh, that you came to this school with. Uh, so you already know him. This is a waterbender that was in the same school as you, along with his teacher. This student is someone that you've never actually spoken to or anything like that. You don't know much about this man at all. You have heard through the grapevine what his name is. Beyond that, you really haven't heard anything else. That's who is all... That's who is standing all there. Torque steps up, looks at each one of you, and finally goes, So we're clear. I'm not really one for speeches. He says that. Jaeger, you look over at Shang, and you see Shang just rolls his eyes. He is... Clearly doesn't like this man. Torque continues and goes, So, I'll just keep this short. Hello, each of you, and welcome to United Provinces White Lotus School. I am Torque. And I am the Dean. First off, I want to congratulate all of you on a job well done by finding your ways here this day. Teachers have spent enough time with you, and he kind of gestures over to the teachers as he says this, to where they have decided your skills and knowledge are ready to take on the world outside these walls. He says that, I see Z picks up something off of the ground. It seems to be a stack of what looks like different it looks like cloth and she is over to you taro and hands you one heads over to the next person in line so on and so forth as work is talking or continues and says through your work we've all decided to allow each of you graduation into official members of this order keep in mind this doesn't mean that you've mastered your styles but showing enough progress and taking the next step so here your honorary white lotus uh, sashes. Each one of you look down at your hands and you open it up and you sure enough see this navy blue sash, a beautiful color blue, and a white lotus symbol and other decorations and patterns strewn across, um, centered and signified showing that you guys will be White Lotus members. You four individually see the other four members standing next to you guys have all put their sashes on. You see the airbender puts it around her forehead. You see the one in the loose clothes puts the sash around her shoulder. The one with the swords ties it around his waist. Something that you know very well, Jaeger. That's something that Sean does. And the waterbender hangs it on his belt. Now, as we have our orders here, Yang, you have this white lotus sash holding it in front of you. This is not the first time you've held one of these these sa- uh, sashes because Go has let you hold hers before. This is now your own. You get to put this on. You get to wear it however you wish. So, how would you choose to wear this sash? I go to this, put it on my head and then I stop and instead tie it around my neck. Same way Go has hers. Yes. Okay. Kevin, you have your sash opened up. This is also not the first time you've held one. Um, Anna has let you hold her sash before, but 
you just get this rush of energy and you feel this is it this is the moment that I get to join the order this is something that I've been training years for um, years that each one of you have spent some have spent two some have spent three you're looking at the sash excited because now this means that you are taking the next step to what your goal is Kevin where would you like to put your sash I'm going to be wearing it on my right arm like right near the shoulder area okay you go and tie that on Jaeger you are looking at your sash this is a symbol that you have seen many times in the last few years of your life that you never thought be in your hands today in a life that you never thought that you would have where would you like to wear your sash so I look at it and I look over at Shang then back down at the uh, sash and thinking I'm gonna put it on my left hand Uh, tie it up from the left hand to like the forearm Okay, so you're not covering your hand, you're just putting it over your forearm. It's not going over the brand, it's on the opposite side. If that's what you okay. mean. Right. Um, that said, three. any of you that would be watching where everyone's putting these sashes on, go ahead and roll me a perception check. Except for you, um, Jaeger, because oh, okay. you're putting the sash on. So the yeah. other three, if you are paying attention to how other people are putting their sashes on, roll me a perception. Twelve. Twelve? Okay. I got thirteen. Thirteen? Okay. Uh, I take it it's just the two of you that are rolling? Yang got nine. Okay. I was muted. I, Yang got nine. It's okay. Yang wouldn't notice this. The other two would. Um, Kevin and Taro, as he's wrapping this around his part of the body you guys look at his hand you see what looks like a branding that has been burned into the top of his hand uh taro you kind of know this type of thing uh because torque has the white lotus symbol tattooed on his hand he doesn't have a sash he has the tattoo uh but you know both of you know this is not a tattoo uh and Suzanne, or I'm sorry, uh, Taro, <laughs> <laughs> roll me history. History? Oh boy. Wow. Ooh, 19 plus 2. 21. Taro, although you are from the Earth Kingdom, and this is the United Provinces, this is the is southwest of what used to be the Earth Kingdom in the the time of Aang, for those that are listening and are curious. Even you know this symbol, with your extensive history and your your backstory and such. You know of a vicious clan that comprised of firebenders that has lived on this side of the continent for some time. You know that symbol they brand on Jaeger's hand. Scary. As you are noticing this and thinking about it, realizing what the symbol is, and thinking to yourself about it, you suddenly wake up from a quick moment of being lost in thought, 
And notice that you have a sash in your hands, too. Uh, realizing that you are the last one to one put this on. Now, the sash itself has never really meant anything to you, considering even your teacher doesn't wear one, but you understand the significance of having this. Where would you like to wear your sash? I would like to wrap it around my left ankle. Your left ankle. So you tie it around your left ankle. Uh, you happen to look over at Torque, and Torque seems pleased that you are wearing it. Um, you can't tell, because Torque is very Torque, you can't tell if he's <laughs> pleased at you for growing into this, or he's pleased at himself for teaching you the way he did that led you here. Um, regardless, though, you do see a smile on his face. He looks at each and every single person in front of him. He goes, Now for all of you wearing your sashes, just have to say this, Welcome to the White Lotus Society. This is where we'll end the session. Thank you so much for listening to Book One Search, Episode One. Welcome to the White Lotus Society. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, you can follow us on all your podcast platforms as well as on YouTube, all under the name Dicebenders DND. We are also on Twitter and Facebook, so be sure to like and follow there too, since that's where we'll be making announcements for future episodes as well as take in any questions, comments, or concerns. Thank you all. We hope to see you in the future. Special shout-outs go to Don Bewley for our intro monologue and Sean Pommier for the art used for our show. Check their podcasts out at Hexgrid Heroes and Eterna, respectively. I highly recommend both. <laughs>